is taken from Mark chapter 7. <clears throat> then Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of Decapolis. They brought him to a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and he touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Nipatha, <clears throat> that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened and his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, he has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thank you, Marilyn. You may be seated. You might be noticing a discrepancy between your bulletin and what you heard and what appeared on the screen. And you know, the theme of this morning is be open. So be open because at the end of the day, it is humans in the roles of pastors and on staff at this church. But we trust that God is working through us, though we foible. So this is the last week of our series based on what we heard you saying about your lives and your hopes and this church, and then asking what God might be saying to us in the midst of it. And this final week, we're talking about what you said when you were asked to describe Mount Olivet and why it is that out, out of all the churches in the metro area, or no church at all, you choose to come here and have your life intertwine with this place. And this is what you said. We are a welcoming church. We are accepting of others. You said that you feel free to show up here just as you are and to bring whatever it is that you're living through into this place. You said that church is a place where you encounter people who are leading lives that look different from your own, and that that is an enriching thing for you. And not only that, you said that you feel that God is in the community that you find here, and in the sense of welcome and safety and inclusivity that you feel at Mount Olivet. Now, normally, a preacher preaches so that God's grace might change the way that a congregation behaves. But here, all I can say is praise God. The Spirit is truly at work among you if that is what you are experiencing in this place. Because if we look at the ministry of Jesus on earth this is the kind of community that he devoted his life to cultivating. A kind of community that is open to God and open to receiving one another as gifts from God. Now really, it should be no surprise that Jesus ended up this way. Just look at his mother. 
Mary, who when the angel asked her to bear the Son of God in her womb, had an open heart and said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Oftentimes, if you look at icons of Mary or medieval Christian art, she is pictured holding a flute or a reed pipe. It's to show that, yes, Mary was an instrument of God, but more than that, it's to show that like a flute, she was open. Like a hollow flute, there was nothing inside of her that would hinder the flow of God's holy breath moving through her to create a song of wonder and praise. So that is what Jesus grew up around, a woman like that, and how could he not pick it up? So what happens in today's story? Jesus meets a flute in need of repair. This man, this instrument that he meets is clogged up. Now last week when I preached, I kind of railed against stories where Jesus heals someone immediately and talked about how they don't give us realistic expectations for our own healing journeys. And lo and behold, now I have to preach on one of these stories. So to be clear, I actually really love healing stories from the Bible like these. They are so much richer than I think we give them credit for. Can I give you a hint at how to get to the gooey center of these stories? I hinted at it last week, but when you read a story like this, you've got to separate the curing from the healing. They're both present, but they're often different. So in this story, the curing part is easy. Jesus cures the man's deafness. But that's not what's being healed. Think about it. There's nothing actually wrong with being deaf. A deaf person makes a great flute for the breath of God. There's nothing about being deaf that hinders God's holy breath from flowing through a person to pour forth a beautiful song into the world. What Jesus is healing in this story is the breach, the distance between this man and the people around him. See, this man is stuck in himself. He is clogged. He can neither listen to, to those around him nor speak the truth within him. There is no communication between him and the greater world. And let's be real. You don't have to be deaf to know what that's like. It's a common human problem being cut off from one another refusing to listen or to share. And it happens for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it happens because of our pride. This is, you know, my particular problem of getting clogged up. I was in the car this week, and I was listening to a news program, and they gathered people with different perspectives to share in conversation. Good idea, right? 
Well, it only works if you're willing to listen. (laughs) And when this one man would talk, I found myself literally yelling in the car, would you just shut up already? You're wrong. (laughs) And it was like, oh, (laughs) well, that's a wake up call. (laughs) There's a clog in my flute. (laughs) My pride was closing me off from the world. But sometimes we get cut off for other reasons. We, we can get locked in ourselves, perhaps because we've been victimized into thinking that we don't matter. Someone can leave an enduring message with us that the world is better off when we just stand to the side. The pastor who ran the Divinity School Chapel She came from a tradition that does not ordain women. And as a young girl, she told someone that she wanted to be a priest when she grew up, and they said, oh, no, 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 no. Girls can't do that. And she is in her 60s now. And whenever she steps into the pulpit, she still has to reckon with this little voice saying, you don't belong here. That voice wants to keep her locked up inside of herself. Sometimes we get cut off too because of our anxiety and fear about the future. This is a big problem in churches right now. I met with a colleague this week and she said, My congregants, they know that we're aging as a church, and they all just come to me saying, can't we get new people to join our church? But when I ask them why they want this, the only answer they give is, so our church can keep going, just like it is. Their answer isn't, so we can celebrate the God who shows up in our neighbor, Their answer is, so we can be changed and enriched by these new stories that uh, that we'll encounter. Their answer is simply, we need people to fill these roles. What a clog. This congregation is letting their fear of the future clog up their understanding of the present. So what does Jesus do with a clogged-up flute. He comes close. He literally brings this man toward him, away from the crowd, a sure sign to everyone there that this man isn't valueless, but is worth Jesus' time. And then comes the touch. It's weird for us to think about sticking fingers in ears and that bit about spitting, But what this is showing is the incredible intimacy that God shows us when we are closed up. God doesn't sit in the distance and judge us for our faults. God draws so near, so close that we might get a little bit uncomfortable. Like, don't touch my tongue, Jesus, that's weird. But that's how close God gets in order to unravel us from ourselves. 
Jesus then looks up to heaven and sighs. And as he does that, he reminds us that our healing, our being connected to each other, it does not depend on us. It is always a gift from God, always a gift from heaven. The breath that sighs in us comes from above. We are only instruments for God's holy breath, God's holy spirit to move among and through. It's ultimately up to God to produce that sound. And finally, Jesus speaks that word, Ephatha, be opened. So much is wrapped up in that little Aramaic word. That is the posture of our faith. Open. Faith, you see, it isn't a steady and unquestioning belief in the doctrines of the church. Faith isn't good behavior, trying to hold it together morally because somewhere you learned that that's what you should do. Faith is trust. Faith is a trust that though it might not always look like it, God is alive and active in the world. It's a trust that for however much life lies within you, that life becomes richer and fuller when you un are uncurled from yourselves and able to cast yourself fully into this broken and beautiful world. Faith is a trust that simply knows that by showing up with wonder and expectation, God will also show up. That kind of faith requires openness. Openness, of course, it has a dual meaning. It can mean both permeable as well as available. The Vikings, they could hold an open tryout, and that means you and I could just walk on the field and get a shot. There's a permeability there, a lack of barriers. But we also talk about our schedules as being open. Oh, I'm open this Wednesday. I'm not, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm available then to do something that I hadn't planned myself. Be opened, Jesus says. And he means it in both senses of the word. Our faith asks us to be permeable to God, speaking through our neighbor, and then available to what God invites us to because we've listened to our neighbor. That is why we value welcome and acceptance as a church. That is why we feel enriched when we encounter the story of someone whose life looks different from our own in this place. It's not because we're trying to be politically correct. It's not because we're trying to enforce some inclusivity agenda. 
we are boldly living out our faith, following in the way of Jesus, allowing God's grace to open us over and over again to receive our neighbors and this world itself as gifts from God as instruments that God's breath moves through, creating music that we can never unhear. Music that changes the way we understand ourselves and what we're supposed to do while we live. It's an uncomfortable posture being open. It gets tiring because you're constantly being changed, changing yourself changing your mind, changing the way a church perceives its mission, that is hard and tiring work. But when we look at Jesus, what choice do we have? How can we not embark on this lifelong endeavor? For with Jesus, we not only see a model and inspiration for the risks we take in being open, we also see the one who opens us up. For by ourselves it is impossible. But Jesus shows us that God's own self is open to us forever in love. In his healing, his teaching, his welcome, Jesus showed God's open heart spilling over in love for this world. And as his arms were opened on the cross, and as his tomb was opened three days later, Jesus shows us that there is no force in the universe, not even death, that can close God's heart to us. When you can't find the strength in yourselves to be open, God's promise is this. God will one day unravel you from yourself and open you up to the abundance of life to be found in community. And like Mary, you will sing forth praise as an open flute that God's own holy breath flows through. Amen.